no. All right. I'm going to give a quick recap of three weeks ago I preached on the topic of identity. Specifically, I talked about what I called zombie Christianity. Anybody remember that? If you weren't here, it's on the website. It was good. You should check it out. Okay. So to recap, uh, I talked about how it is important for us to understand our true identity and to start living in it. And the most important aspect of that is Galatians 2.20, the first part, which says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So, our old self is dead. Amen? Our old self is dead. Jesus adopted, God adopted us into his family and changed us. We are a new creation. We are something different than was before. And so our old self is dead. It's not gone. It lingers around like a zombie, following after us, trying to get us to live like we're still that old person, that dead person, that gone person. But we're not. Our real identity is who God says we are. We are now in Christ Jesus. Our sins have been forgiven, our faults, all that kind of stuff. God literally remembers them no more. He separated them as far as the east is from the west, which is an infinite distance. That was the point, right? And so we are somebody new now. And so it's important to live in that new identity and not keep uh, living like a zombie. we got to say no when the devil tries to remind us of what we used to be and tries to tell us that because of what we used to be, our past, our sins, whatever, because of that, we can't draw closer to the Lord. Because of that, we're disqualified from serving him in some way or from achieving the destiny God has for us. Because that's not true. Those are lies from the devil. We've got to learn to say no to that. Now, flip to Romans 8. Romans 8, 16, I just quoted basically, that uh, when we became Christians, we were adopted into God's family. And Romans 8, 17 says this. Now if, we are God, uh, sorry, now, if we are children of God, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. What does it mean to be an heir? Anybody? Yeah, you, you receive an inheritance. The word inheritance, heir, is in the middle of the word inheritance. Okay, that's what an heir means. Okay? That is true. Okay. So we have been adopted as God's children, and the Bible says we are heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. Now, God is the king of kings, amen, the king of the universe, king of heaven. So if we are heirs of the king, that makes us what? What, what do you call an heir to the king? A prince or a princess. Yes, Princess Naomi. Now, do you remember... Uh, Last week, we had our friends from Tanzania here, one of whom was Chilwa. Remember Chilwa? She introduced herself as Princess Chilwa. Anybody think that was a little weird? Okay, she wasn't an earthly princess. Now, she called herself Princess Chilwa. Is she deluded? Is she conceited? No. She is living in her true identity because she is a princess. That's who she actually is. She is a child of God, an heir to the king... That makes her a princess. And so she calls herself that to remind herself of who she really is, of her identity. We're the royal family. We're the royal family with her. That's what she said. Yeah, that's right. And Paul talks about that a lot in the New Testament, that we are 
Yes, a child of God, part of the royal family. You are literally a prince or a princess in the kingdom of God in this universe. I'm not making this up. This is like Bible, okay? An heir to the king is a prince. That's the definition. Um, how many of you guys, when you were younger, maybe dreamt of being somebody really cool, really important, famous, maybe a pro athlete or an actor or a, the president or a superhero, something like that, guys? Be honest, how many of you guys still would like to be a superhero? My hand, my hand is up, yes? Okay. How many of you ladies, when you were younger, dreamt of being a princess? Anybody? Or somebody princess-like? My, uh, my daughter wants more than anything to be a princess. And yes, Kaylee, she's five years old. She, she'd prefer to be Elsa if she had a choice. Uh, but she wants to be a princess. And she is. She's my princess. Oh, so cute. But I also am teaching her that she is a princess of God because that's who she is. A lot of us, especially when, we, when we're younger, before we learn about the real world and the way things actually work, we have these desires to be important or famous or royalty, prince, princesses, that sort of thing. The reason we have those desires is because that's actually exactly what God created us for. God created you to be Prince Wasi. And that's who you actually are. That's who you actually are. Princess Naomi is over here. Princess Sarah is right next to you. That's who you actually are. That's not just a funny sermon thing. Oh, Nate's pretending we're princes and princesses. I'm saying this is actually true. Okay? And I want you to think about it for a second. What would it mean if you lived your life like a prince or a princess? instead of the way you do now. Uh, let's think about it in an earthly sense for a, for a second. Let's say His Royal Highness Prince Charles, the Prince of Wales, were to come and visit us and decide to adopt you as his child and heir. That, it doesn't matter, actually. They used to adopt Germans and Dutch and everybody else. It doesn't matter. They can adopt you, make you your, their legal heir. They would, you wouldn't be like heir to the first in line to the throne, but you would be an heir. You would be a prince or a princess if you were adopted by Prince Charles and he made you his legal heir. Now, how might your life be different if you became a prince or princess of the United Kingdom of Great Britain? I would say your life would be quite a bit different, right? Quit, yeah. <laughs> Numero uno, quitting the job. I think that's, I think that's obvious, because you'd have a new job. Your job would be to be the prince. That's a full-time job. Um, imagine what it would be like to be a prince or a princess. Imagine that for a second. You walk into a room, everybody stops talking and turns and looks at you. I want to see if you have anything to say. If you do start talking, they're going to listen. They're going to consider what it is you're talking about, even if they've never considered something like that before, even if they don't really like it. They might find themselves agreeing with you because you're the one saying it, not because they actually like what you're saying. Okay? If you were a prince or a princess, you'd tend to win more things than you lost. Right? You tend to get honors and promotions and all that kind of stuff all the time. If you're a prince or a princess, you would expect good things to happen to you. Right? Because you had favor, the favor of the king. That's what it means to be favored, and that's what it means to be you. You may not know it, but that's what it means to be you. You are highly favored of God. 
He adopted you as his child. He chose to do that. You didn't choose it. You didn't say, I think I'd like to be a child of God. No, God chose it. That's what the word says. And he sent his son to make it possible to choose you, to adopt you into his family, his royal family, and to make you a prince and a princess in his kingdom. That's who you really are. That is your true identity. You're a prince. You're a princess. And try not to think about the, the negative stuff, like the way the world twists princes and princesses with all the selfishness and narcissism and all that. Okay? We're talking about the, the godly example, not the earthly perversion. But that is who you are. You are a prince. You are a princess. You are highly favored, highly loved. And God wants to do a lot more for you and through you than you have probably ever allowed yourself to think about. That might happen. A lot of it is attitude. Because the problem is, even though we're princes and princesses, most of us live like we're peasants. Isn't that true? Most of us live like we're peasants. We scrounge for scraps from the king's table instead of sitting next to the king and feasting, which is our inheritance, our right, through Jesus, not through what we've done, through what Jesus did and through the fact that we were adopted by God. God chose to adopt us. He didn't accidentally adopt us. It wasn't like, well, I guess i got to let her in. <sighs> no. He wanted Daniel and his family. He adopted her and made her a princess, an heir to the king of kings, a joint heir with Jesus Christ himself. But we don't live that way. We live like we're peasants. We live like there's a black cloud following us around all the time. Even when good things happen, often we're expecting the other shoe to drop. Does that resonate with anybody? By the mmms, I'm guessing, yes. Um, we go to work, and maybe we feel like a tiny, tiny candle in a room full of darkness. Anybody? We feel like we're always on the defensive. We're on the defensive. Look at our culture today. Most Christians are looking at our culture today, and they, they say, we are on the losing side. We are losing. We have to fight tooth and nail just to hang on to what's ours. And we're failing at it. We're losing. We're losers. We're on the defensive all the time. That is not what God has called us to. Never. That was never what God called us to. People are forgetting who they are. Our church in America has forgotten who it is. It's the bride of Christ. They are princes and princesses in his kingdom. I'm talking about attitude here. I'm talking about the way you think. The way you think is extremely important, like we talked about with, with the zombie, saying no to the zombie. The devil tries to attack your brain and get you to think that you're still that dead thing, that you're still that sinner, that you can't get good stuff because of this. But that's, that battle's in the mind, right? It's about how you think. This is about attitude. It's about seeing yourself as God sees you. It's about seeing your true identity and living in that. The problem is this world tells us our identity is something other than it is. It usually looks a lot like our zombie. So think about your attitude for a second. Yeah, question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Amen. That's right. Our identity is not defined by our own past or other people's past. Statistics is just math based on other people's past experiences. God is the God of the present and the future. You are a beloved prince. Even if the odds are incredibly stacked against you, it's irrelevant. Think about King David, surrounded on the battlefield by enemies. But he knew who he was. He knew that God would come to his rescue, and he did. What if David had given up? What if David had said, well, I guess that was all a load of bunk. I'm not God's beloved child. I guess I'm just going to get killed by all these Philistines. No, he didn't do that, thankfully. Yeah, David. That is exactly right. Never tell me the odds. Okay? What he, what he said is exactly right. The truth is what God says about you. That is the truth. That is the final, utmost, purest truth. Who you are is not who you think you are. It's not who they say you are. It's not who your zombie looks like. The truth about who you are is who God says you are. Because he's the God of the universe. I'm going to keep going. We'll get back. Um, so think about your attitude for a second. What's your general attitude? What's your general outlook on life? Are you feeling like life is really hard rather than blessed? Like you're barely getting by instead of being more than a conqueror? Anybody? Do you feel like you're on the defensive all the time instead of on the offensive, expanding the kingdom of God? Instead, the devil's getting you back on your heels all the time. We need to elevate our thinking. We need to let God upgrade this operating system called our mind. Uh, turn to Romans 2. Romans, actually Romans 12, sorry. Romans 12, verse 2. We need to let God upgrade our operating system. We need to let him change our thinking. You are not a peasant. Everybody say, I am not a peasant. You are not a peasant. You are not intended to scratch a living off the ground and to barely get by in every area of your life. I'm talking about tangible physical stuff. I'm talking about health. I'm talking about work. I'm talking about spirituality and your spiritual gifts. You are not meant to be a, present, a peasant. You're not meant to be a slave in that sense. Now, you are a servant of God. A prince is still a servant of the king, right? A prince or a princess still bows their knee to the king and does whatever the king says because they are still a servant of the king. So I'm not saying there's no humility there. There has to be humility here. But other than that relationship, we, we act like we need to humble ourselves to, to like the devil or to the world or to our circumstances, which is the opposite of what's true. We are a prince and a princess. Romans 12, 2 says this, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Now, I, I've given this message before and... Somebody came up to me and they're like, you know, like, I love the positivity and all that, but this just, this isn't the real world. In the real world, nobody's on my side, okay? I don't have favor. Nobody's unfairly biased on my behalf. The shoe, all, the other shoe always drops. 
That's just the way the real world is. This Bible stuff is just wishful thinking. But Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. In other words, we don't take our cue from the real world. That's not where we take our cues as Christians. We take our cues from what God has said to us and about us. That is what informs our truth and our identity, because that is what is true. So we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to let God change our way of thinking. From thinking like this all the time, I got loud because I went towards the mic. Most of us spend a lot of time looking down, staring at ourselves, trying to figure out what's wrong with us, so maybe we can fix ourselves, or looking down at what we've just done, or the fact that we don't like what's going on or whatever. That's not how we're meant to live. We're meant to live like this, amen, in praise, looking up to God, looking to him for our affirmation, for our identity, for everything that we need, because he is the one who provides all that for us. But we don't think that way. We think selfishly. We think pridefully. We think, oh, we can't have those things from God because we're too bad. Uh, You know, the Bible says I'm a beloved son. It says I'm set free. It says I'm righteous. It says I've been given all spiritual gifts and all that. But that's not actually true for me because I'm too bad. That's listening to your zombie. That's your zombie talking. That's not the truth. Because if God said, this is yours, then it's yours. And if you don't agree with that, that means you're disagreeing with God. Because you're telling God that he's dumb and doesn't know what he's talking about. With me? We don't want to do that. That's pride. That's not humility. Thinking of yourself as a prince or princess is humility, not pride. Because it is what Jesus has said you are. You are a child of God, an heir to the king of kings. You are a prince. You are a princess. And if you can't accept that, that is evidence of pride in your life. Because you're saying you know better than God. That God, you're wrong. I'm too bad to be a prince or a princess. I have to be something lower. Everybody with me? That's that false humility thing. And that false humility thing is keeping the church from expanding the kingdom of God and from being all that we were meant to be. We need to be what we are meant to be. We need to live in our truest identity, what God has said about us. You are a prince. You are a princess. Don't take your cues from the real world. The real world's stupid. The real world is depressed. The real world has no hope. They have nothing they can teach us about who God is. God is the one who defines your identity. Um, Think about the, the Israelites after they left Egypt. Okay, God freed them from slavery through incredible miracles and all this wonderful stuff. But in the wilderness, they still had the mind of slaves. They still lived like they were still slaves even though they were free. They didn't have chains anymore. They were being whipped and beaten and abused. God literally made food for them every day. Right? Crazy stuff. And yet, they never were free in their mind. They never escaped Egypt up here. And what happened to them? They all died in the wilderness. God intended to give them wells they did not dig and vineyards they did not plant. That's what the Bible says. They didn't get any of that. They died because they didn't allow God to transform their mind. They stayed slaves in their head and they died slaves in their head. Because what you think leads to your reality. It leads to how you live. If you think of yourself as a slave or a peasant or whatever it is, that's how you're going to live. That's how you're going to behave. 
We need to think of ourselves the way God thinks about us. And please don't be condemned, okay? God's not looking down at us saying, you idiots can't get anything right. But I do think he's looking down at us saying, no, 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 no. You are so much more than this. You are so much more than what you're doing and how you're thinking right now. You are my prince and my princess. I bought you with a terrible price. I adopted you into my family, and I set you up alongside my son as a co-heir of Jesus Christ. That is what God has said to you. That is who you truly are. We need to start living out of our identity and not out of whatever the real world says. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. God is intentionally biased towards you. He's biased towards you. He wants to cheat on your behalf every day. He wants to make things go way better for you than they should. I'm not saying you won't have struggles. Jesus promised us in this life we'll have difficulties, we'll have persecutions and those sorts of things. But through all of that, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who gives us strength. But most of the time, we don't live like we're more than conquerors. We live like we're already conquered, like we're already defeated. It's about our attitude. It's about what's in our heads. When we walk into a room, we need to expect God to change the atmosphere of that room because we just walked in. Why? Because you're a princess. That's why. When a princess walks into the room, the room changes. Everything changes. Everyone changes. You are a princess and a prince in the kingdom of God. You carry the spirit of God himself in you. When you walk into a room, the presence of God himself walks into that room. Amen? As we think about ourselves the way God thinks about us, we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We cooperate with the Lord in what he's doing. And when we do that, God can work through us in incredibly powerful ways. Anytime you enter a room, you should expect that room to change. I don't literally mean everyone will stop and turn around saying, who are you? Teach me. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, in the spirit, things are going to change. And eventually, in the natural, things are going to change too. When you go to work, when you go to school, when you go to your group of friends, your social groups, communitas, whatever it is, you are a prince in those places. That means you have authority. It means you have the God, the king of heaven, at your back. Do you think a king wants his son or daughter to succeed? Right? He wants them to have everything they can have. If they get in a jam, he's going to rescue them. Guaranteed. That's what the king does. The king has got your back everywhere you go. Every time you walk into a room, every time you go to the gas station and want to talk to somebody who's there or the store, every time you go somewhere in every one of your families, work, school, social groups, God wants to use you to change that place, to change those people, to impact them with the love of God. And when you get impacted with the love of God, you change. It changes you even if you don't want to change, which is what's awesome about God. Expect God to do that through you. Expect it. If you're a prince and you get in a jam, you expect to get out of that jam, right? If you got captured, if you're a prince and you're serving in the military and you get captured, you better believe that the king is going to make sure that every available soldier is on their way immediately to rescue you. Amen? And the Bible promises us that God will rescue us when we are in trouble because that is who we are to him. We need to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us and to live in our true identity, not as a peasant, but as a prince or a princess. Uh, let's pause here.
Uh, we're going to have a couple discussion questions. Grab a couple people near you. Um, go ahead. You can move around if you want. We're just going to take a couple minutes to discuss some of this. If you have somebody you would like to go sit by, please do that. Otherwise, just turn around. Um, we're just going to talk for a couple minutes about this. Here's the first question. How might your life be different if you saw yourself as a prince or a princess in the kingdom of God? How might your life be different? And don't think about it theoretically. I want you to actually think of yourself as a prince or a princess. And think about how your life would change if you lived that way versus whatever you're doing now. Discuss. Next and last question. Do you need God to upgrade your way of thinking over the rest of this year? Do you need God to upgrade your way of thinking, your operating system? Do you need to be renewed in your mind? And if so, what are some practical things you think you can do to help facilitate that for the remainder of this year? Do you need an upgrade in your thinking? And if so, how can you practically be about doing that? Discuss. I passed out these sheets again. Those of you who were here three weeks ago got them done as well. Um, these are all Bible verses. Okay, Nice little cheat sheet of Bible verses about your identity, your true identity and who you are. A great thing to do, especially if you are struggling with identity issues and you haven't yet stepped into that place where you are seeing yourself as God sees you, a really, 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 really dot, 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 like for a thousand years, really, good thing to do is to read through these as often as you can. Yeah, you can look up the scripture and read the scriptures. Here's the Cliff Notes version next to it of what the scripture says. Read those scriptures about who God says you are. Because this is your true identity. This is who you really are. If you feel like you're conquered at work, and like you can't get through to anybody, and you don't even want to show up to work because it's so bad, and all the people there are just terrible, and, and you feel like they're influencing you more than you're influencing them and all that, you are more than a conqueror. That's what it says in Romans 8, 37. You are more than a conqueror. You not only have the victory, you like way have the victory. Okay? This is who you are. And sometimes when our situation disagrees with our true reality, that's called a place to pray. <laughs> and you pray into that situation until it becomes the way it should be. That's why Jesus said that we should pray, thy will be done on earth in the same way it is in heaven. Okay? God's will is always done up there. It's not always done here. And Jesus said, you know how to make it done? You pray it into being. That's what you do. You declare it to your situation. Hey, I'm more than a conqueror. Job situation or whatever it is that's getting at us. And you pray to that thing. You prophesy to that thing. You say, this is true about me. And you pray that truth until it changes. Until God gives you the victory. Because every difficult situation, every problem is just an opportunity for God to bless you in some way. Right? That, that's all those things are. So I encourage you, read through these, look through these um, as often as you can. Uh, those of you who are plagued by spiritual stuff, you know, maybe demonic stuff, negative stuff, a lot of negative thoughts real often, um, things that are trying to 
really tempt you into sin all the time, things that are trying to make you feel depressed, discouraged, rejected, all that kind of stuff. If you're struggling with any of those things, read through these and others as often as possible. Literally 70% of deliverance happens through you realizing who you really are. That's most deliverance. Because it's you saying, hey, this is the kingdom of God right here. This is God's territory, not yours. Get out. But if we don't live like we truly are, if we don't live in our true identity, then the devil's like, well, if you don't know any better, I'm coming in. And I'm going to make you feel terrible all the time. I'm going to make you feel nothing but shame in your life, or whatever it is, for you. About your identity that he's going to tell you and he's going to lie to you about. This is the truth. This is what God says about you. Live in the truth. Read it. Pray it. Ask the Lord to reveal to you, what are the things I need to know about who I am right now? Who do you want to be for me right now? And live in that identity. Walk in it as much as you can. You know, God wants you to be the hero of your own story. Not the tragic figure or the comic relief. I used to joke that I was the comic relief of my own story. But it's not true. I'm the hero of my story. You're the hero of your story too. Through what Jesus Christ has done for you and will do for you. Here's my challenge to you for the rest of this week. I want you to try to think of yourself as God's prince or princess everywhere you go. Every situation that you come into. I want you to be like, I'm a princess of God. I'm not defeated. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be upset about what I see. Some of the good ones on here, (laughs) they're all good. They're all in the Bible, right? But 2 Corinthians 4.18, it's like uh, 80% of the way down. Not moved by what I see. And right after that, walk by faith and not by sight. These are important things that God has given us. Don't look at your situation and think that's necessarily all there is to the real world. You're more than that through Jesus. And reality is truer than you realize. But we need to own it. We need to live in it. We need to be transformed up here. So everywhere you go this week, I want you to think of yourself as a prince or a princess. Start living in your true identity and not in whatever it is the world says you are or whatever your brain tells you you are or whatever your zombie tells you you are, whatever your past tells you are, whatever statistics tell you you are. Don't believe any of that stuff. Believe what the Bible says. Believe what God says about who you are and try to live in that. I'm going to pray for us now before we... Okay? All right. First, I'm going to pray for the group. Father God, we thank you that you adopted us as your children. We did not deserve that. We so did not deserve it. But wow, am I happy that you did it. We were the unlovable orphan who was never going to get chosen, and you chose us. And you adopted us because you didn't want to leave us as orphans. Lord, thank you for adopting us into your family. Thank you for going beyond that and making us heirs with your son. Heirs with Jesus Christ himself. Everybody keep your eyes closed, but um, I think there's some people here tonight who are really struggling with this issue of identity. Struggling with understanding who you are and understanding who God has made you to be. I think there are people here tonight who maybe even more often than not, have been believing some of the lies about who they are. Maybe listening to the real world, 
or other people. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's friends who are speaking things into your life that are not true. Things that are not what God has said about you and you're struggling with that identity. You have a hard time seeing yourself as God sees you. As holy and blameless and loved and righteous in Jesus Christ. Of a prince or princess in the kingdom. Someone whom God wants to lavish his gifts and his love on as often as possible. Just because he can. If you're having trouble accepting that, if you've been having trouble receiving that truth from God, with, with your eyes closed, everybody, if you could just raise your hands. I'm closing my eyes too. I don't care whose hand is up. But as an act of faith, I want you to raise your hand up to the Lord and ask him to help you to live in your new identity by renewing your mind. And I'm going to pray that for you right now. In Jesus' name, I pray for each of you a renewed mind. The Bible promises that we have the mind of Christ. So I bless you with the mind of Christ. I bless you with a renewed mind that sees things how God sees things, that sees yourself as God sees you. And I bless you with an extra gift where the Holy Spirit is going to remind you when you're listening to a lie. I bless you with the Holy Spirit's ability to remind you when, no, that's not true. That's a lie. That's just what they say. That's just a zombie. That's just whatever. To remind you, no, that is not true. This is what's true. And Lord, I pray for each of these here that you would fill them up with your love, your incredible love. You know, one of the greatest barriers to receiving the love of God is not seeing ourselves the way God sees us. Because we think of ourselves as so worthless that we don't let ourselves receive from God. But you are not worthless. You are worth everything. Jesus was willing to leave everything and come after you. You are a precious prince or princess. That's really how God sees you. And that's really how he wants to act towards you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to let you treat us the way you want to treat us. That you would help people to receive your love. That we wouldn't get in the way of you. That we wouldn't get in the way of receiving everything you want us to receive. We humble ourselves before you right now, Lord. We want to believe the truth about us. We want to agree with what you've said. We don't want to disobey. We don't want to live in unbelief or lack of faith or pride. We want to believe what you say about us. Help us to do that. It's not easy. I pray a renewed mind and a supernatural transformation, even this week, even as they leave here tonight, a supernatural transformation in their mind that they can begin to believe and confess the truth about their lives and be the hero of their own story that you are writing for them. pray this in Jesus' name. And we also pray for Martina, who is due soon. Lord, bless that delivery. Bless the birth. Give wisdom to the doctors, nurses, midwives, techs, janitors, everybody around. Um, You give great wisdom and skill of hands, clarity of thought and understanding. And I pray that it would just be a perfect delivery and that both mama and baby would be doing wonderfully right away, that the baby would want to eat and have no problems with that and would be perfectly healthy. And I pray for everyone else here who is ill. I know there are a number of people who didn't make it here tonight because they're sick. And so, Lord, those who aren't here because they're sick, we pray healing on them in Jesus' name. 
We declare that they are healed in Jesus' name. And if you need physical healing, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. My wife is not feeling well. Lord, I pray for Sarah. I pray for everybody here who's raising their hand. I pray your healing on them in Jesus' name. It says in your word that by your wounds on the cross, we are, present tense, healed. Help us to experience that right now in the present tense. Pray healing on you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, there's food upstairs. Feel free to hang out and chat. Um, I will be here to pray for anybody who wants prayer. Um, some of the leadership team will be in the back as well as up here. Um, if you feel like you want just some personal prayer about what we talked about today, about some issues related to identity, if you're, if you're coming up against a wall and you just can't see yourself the way God sees you, come up and get some extra prayer. You can never have too much prayer. Amen? All right.